This episode is brought to you by the Michigan Cherry Committee. Learn more about the wonderfully tart Montmorency cherry at choosecherries.com. boiling pot of lava that we are all slowly sinking into the podcast, formerly known as Life's Banquet, with Zara Tangor and Nicole Bailey. I think you used the lava thing before. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. I can't do anything right. Okay. Every day is an endless loop of the same. Yeah, every day is a winding road, <laughs> as I famously said. <laughs> <laughs> You inspired that hit song by... Yes. <laughs> as my hit song has said in the past, every day is a winding road. And bam, a little garlic. My two catchphrases that I'm known for. Is that what Emerald says? Yes. No, garlic? that's what Cheryl Crow says. <laughs> I just thought he said bam. I didn't know he said anything else after Well, that. he says bam, but then a lot of times he says it after he's added garlic to something. And so he goes, oh. bam, a little garlic. And it's always garlic. It really is always garlic. Mm. It kind I just of, thought it was like, bam, and the episode was over. <laughs> he says, bam, then his head explodes, and everybody dies in the audience. <laughs> What's going on with you, you nut? Uh, nothing. Whoa. Um, I guess we could just go. Feeling the, uh, I'm not feeling the corona. I'm not feeling the isolation anymore. Not doing mm. well. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. My anxieties are really, really acting up, so that's yeah. not very nice for me. It doesn't impact anyone else. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, it impacts the people that love you, but I understand that it's a very personal struggle having anxiety being trapped in your house all alone. It's definitely more personal than not personal. <laughs> right, but I'm not, like, sleepy at work or anything. Because right, right, right. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. sleep. Yeah, if they yeah. don't have any work. You know what? I can't fucking sleep either. I am, I've i never no. been... Oh, no. Same. Nicole, you disappeared. No. Oh, you're back. Um, you went so, away from me. Oh, we, we left each other, seemingly. Hmm. But only for a moment. Um, um, did you see the, the funny news about Martha Stewart being, like, slutty on the internet by accident? Uh, no, I did not. Please enlighten us. <laughs> It's like five days old. It's old news, but since there's nothing good in the news, we really have to search. Mm, Yeah, really dig. You got to dig very, very, very deep underneath the ground to find any good news. Um, So it was an Instagram post, and uh, she uploaded a video of herself tenderizing some chicken breasts while (gasps) listening to Rihanna. Um, (laughs) And the caption said, Martha is pounding butterfly chicken breast, wishing she was pounding someone's question mark, question mark, question mark. <gasps> what? How <laughs> interesting. Also, what do you pound? You pound a dick with, like, a meat tenderizer? That sounds... No, they're butt. Oh, okay, sure. Still, seems fringe. It seems like a fringy kink. But that's no, hot. That's not fringy. Um, it's not fringy to, to pound someone's ass with a meat tenderizer? No, it's... She's wishing she was pounding someone's ass. Got it. Okay, I'm sorry. Listen, I haven't seen a naked body other than my own, which I'm at this point trying not to look at so often, in like years. So I it takes it took me a minute to understand even what the you know anatomy of the situation was. 
Well, I'm happy, Zara, that you've never gone more than two months without having sex with someone. Humble mm. brag. Uh, yeah, it's great. Never. Not since I was born. <laughs> That's not funny. Um, not since the day I was born. Other good news that I found from the internet is that mm-hmm. there is a drive-in movie theater in Greenpoint. Now. Wow. Where? Um, like on Kent? Like over by the water? Cool. It's called like Skyline something drive-in. <laughs> okay, great. Google that. Just look it up if you are interested. You need a car. And yeah, they showed Aladdin yesterday, apparently. People were like filming it out of their windows because they could see it from their apartment. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. I love a drive-in. Actually, Bobby and Rob, um, my parents, my mom and my stepdad, um, are going to set up a little outdoor movie sitch in their backyard over the summer so we can go there and watch some movies if we'd like. Cool. Yeah, it should be cute. It's interesting trying to find the new ways to, like, hang out. But we were over there the other day, and I was like, hey, if we set up a little projector, we could just sit out here and watch movies together. How do you get the sound out there? Well, Rob has speak- big speakers because he's, oh, like, into, right. you know, videography and all that jazz. So he's got some kind of some kind of things. Or we could just act it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's start an Great. acting troupe. I've always wanted to be an actor, so here's my chance. All right, great. Your first role is uh, E.T. Go. (laughs) (laughs) And go. (laughs) Uh, Um, So anyway, yeah, it's been been a weird, it's been a weird couple months, huh? What uh, what have you cooked this week? Anything delish? No. Nothing? Sorry, there's nothing. You scoop anything good out of a can? <laughs> no, I made some fucking tea. I'm oh, yeah. Tea. That's Chamomile tea. That's calming. I, it's calming, allegedly. It's, it's very it's, calming. It's all marketing, though. <laughs> no, no. No, it's calming. So, hey, listen. Um, I promised you the other day, I was at Bobby's house, and I was looking through the garage, and I came across uh, a ton of old memorabilia of my childhood and I promised you that I would read you a letter that I found. Oh yay. Okay. I wasn't to... sure if you were gonna still do it. Oh I'm doing so it. We're doing it. <laughs> and Matt, our engineer, who we had to rustle out of a slumber to record our episode, you're gonna be happy that you're listening to this because this is very funny. So um, this is a letter that you wrote to Leonardo DiCaprio when you were how old? This is a letter I wrote to Leonardo DiCaprio when I was thirty four. Just kidding. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't ready. There he is. Leonardo DiCaprio himself on the podcast. Okay, I was 13, or probably younger, 12. Okay, and begin. Dear Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) Strong start. It's good to get specific at the front. (laughs) You'd hate hate for this to go to the wrong Leonardo. (laughs) This is going to be almost as embarrassing as the time when I attached the incorrect audio to (laughs) processing, and it was an audio file of me singing to myself that accidentally got attached to the end part of processing, and people all around the globe heard my dumb singing voice. My favorite story of all time. It wasn't even a... Matt heard it. I cannot confirm or deny whether that happened. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't even, like, a good song. I was like, I had a song in my head, and I wanted to remember it, so I was like, Ah, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) I just, like, 
god. We just Let- assumed that you were losing your mind because it was a pandemic. And we're like, yeah, that's um, fine. I mean, like, that makes sense. Well, like, there are no words. Of yeah, course, she's just singing. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god, it's so uncomfortable to think about. Did you sound like Jessica Simpson in that video that I made you watch? Yes, you very much so. <laughs> very much so. Okay, let's get back to let's concentrate here. We have some Okay, to do. focus, you focus. Guys, relax. All right, this is not going to be easy to get through for any of us. Dear Leonardo DiCaprio, I will call you by your full name because I, and I just also need to mention that to replace a lot of the eyes and butts, I've drawn pictures. So every time I say I, it's a picture of an eye. And every time I say butt, it is a picture of a hand-drawn butt. Okay. (laughs) I'll call you by by your full name because I don't really know you. In parentheses, unfortunately. And furthermore, (laughs) on the subject of our not knowing each other, comma, I would heart to meet you someday because I think this sounds really stupid. I think by what I know of you, we would really get along. I'm not usually the first one to write fan mail, but I really feel somewhat cosmically connected or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Guys! It's, we have a lot more to get through here. It only gets worse, okay? Yeah, yeah, stop annotating. Just give us the good. Okay, anyway, let me tell you a little bit about me. I'm hoping to be a movie actress in the near future. I love to play basketball, lacrosse, and this next part is a lie. Ice hockey. I never played ice hockey ever. (laughs) I I don't know why I thought he would be intrigued by that. Um, I'm funky, punky, and spunky. No. (laughs) Nothing has changed. I I love to be wild and different. Or maybe I just am. By the way, (laughs) I heard that you write poetry. So do I. Here's one. Okay, now this is where it's going to get terribly uncomfortable. Please bear with me. I can't stand it. No, it's not. For, I need to preface it by saying this is not even a poem. This is just really, really sad. As I I'm s- on, I'm legal. <laughs> I swear. I. Um, well, he as wasn't I, even legal back then, was he? He was like, yeah, he was a bit older. I think he was probably like 20 and I was like 13. So, yeah, this wouldn't Yow. have been able yeah, to you be. You gotta watch out. It's, it's total danger zone. Totally. And if not for that, he would have really probably liked me because my poem is so good. As I sit and wait for my soul to come forth, I am suddenly awakened (laughs) by an unsettling wave of uncertainty. It boggles me how such tension can build within such a calm person, for when life is at its best, I am only partly whole, spelt H-O-L-E. But I suppose I am always only partly whole, for I am lacking my final part. I need something to complete my soul. (laughs) I... Oh, God. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. It's almost over. I'm happy but somewhat empty. But he... He whose face is as pure and hair and body and soul are as beautiful and sweet as dear perfection itself. He who knows not yet I yearn for his sweet soft lips to caress mine. He who I long to see or talk to for a minute. He who would fill my gap. Okay. It's over. What? You said fill my gap. (laughs) Yeah. And then in parentheses I wrote, that's not even one of my best. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness okay uh, i'm crying this is almost that's... over that i wrote done you like it good i would love to hear one of yours someday oh by the way i don't know if the this is this next part is also a flagrant lie oh by the way i don't know if you know the girl who's gonna play opposite you and romeo and juliet before claire danes got the role but she's an acquaintance of mine <laughs> oh my god so I gotta go. See ya, bye, loves our Tangora. P.S. Whoever gets this letter, please send this to Leonardo himself. <laughs> I would so much appreciate 
If you have a heart, please do it. PPS, Leonardo, call me. <laughs> PPPS, please send me some of your poems or something. That's it. That's the letters over. Have you subsequently met Leonardo DiCaprio? One time I did see him at Mission Chinese Food and he looked terrible. He was wearing a Kangol hat, um, which, you know, we can all agree is not a good look. And Did you speak words to each other? I didn't. I didn't mention the letters. I figured it would just make it awkward for us both. No, because I think now this is a great opportunity. We can have him on processing because he can talk about his grief that he never got to meet the author of that letter. <laughs> and then I'll sing. Then we'll sing to each other. Yeah, and then you'll just, you know, the, the last 30 minutes will just be you guys solo, no acapella, like, trying to do it together in the car. <laughs> oh, man. I am so full of sweaty armpits right now. It's not even funny. That's truly amazing. You should go on one of those those things where you're embarrassed and you read your most embarrassing things that you wrote when you were a kid. Like, that's, yeah. that would be great. That's a, what is that called? Clearly a winner. I mean, this was this is humiliating. Uh, what is that called? What is, what is that program called? I don't know. I've been to see it even, but what you've seen it? Is. Yeah, it's like it's like a recurring like show where people go huh. up and read their most embarrassing like diary Mortified. entries. Mortified. Mortified. Yes, that's right. Oh wow. Yeah, I'll read that. That's this one's very bad. This is very very bad. I mean, there's some very embarrassing diary entries out there. Yeah, that I've bet. learned. I, I got rid of my diaries. Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, well, this happened, and uh, I appreciate HRN, you know, um, <laughs> giving me the opportunity to read this on the air. <laughs> this is the kind of food content that we're really all about. Well, this is tied to our topic because <laughs> because Zara. Oh my God, through... what topic have I walked into? <laughs> the topic is statutory rape. <laughs> <laughs> classic. Um, uh, another statutory. We can't run two statutory rape episodes the same week on this network. Um, uh. No, but Zara thought she was going to marry Leonardo DiCaprio. I did. I did think so. Um, and so we decided to do rice as our topic, which is something that's <laughs> thrown at a wedding from time to time. You see it? Perfectly God, linked. What are you guys on episode like fifteen thousand? How far do you have to stretch? <laughs> I know. Could it be more boring or more accidentally interesting to talk it's about rice? It's interesting. Everything's interesting at this point. That's true. <laughs> Listen, wait. Yeah. I want to tell. Uh, oh yeah. Now I understand how this 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 topic was decided. Nicole, <laughs> like trapped in her house for the past. 58 weeks is looking around her pantry she's like what do i have left she's what's like, left i don't know <laughs> this is interesting look I at it it's so small in 58 weeks and I, that's literally all my the only food i have left is the rice that zara gave me yeah. i have a funny story about rice quickly before we get into it we uh at the health the health department came into brucey all the time obviously and you know we had a very clean restaurant but we had a couple of little mice running around here and there it's a very old building and the health inspector was like behind the fucking walk-in refrigerator once and they're like peering around and they find like one little mouse poop and you know that violation is really expensive and we couldn't afford it and so i did what anyone would do and i said that's not black rice I, that's not mouse poop that's black rice and they're like no it's not it's mouse poop i was like it's black rice i'll eat it right now so i snatched it out of their hand and i went to go eat it and they sn- <laughs> they hid it away from me 
So I couldn't eat it. They go, ma'am, no. <laughs> I didn't oh eat it. God. But I was going to. That's crazy. <laughs> This is the kind of consulting wisdom you bring to your clients. Exactly. When I consult, I say, listen, if they find poop, eat it. Just eat <laughs> yeah. it. Eat it before they can write it up. Doesn't matter if it's rat poop, cat poop, anything. Human poop, yeah. eat it. If it's it's the technicality of the law. If you've eaten the poop, it's like a tree falling in the forest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's like how you can just dr consume the beer or eat the joint exactly. and it's like it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to die. Nicole, do you want to talk about um, whatever kind of rice content you have lined up yeah. for today? Yeah. I, I, don't need, hot rice. I don't need any uh, board size from you, Matt, okay? Because <laughs> uh. <laughs> we're going to talk about the San Francisco treat, which is... <laughs> Rice Aroni. Oh my god, it is the pantry episode. <laughs> the San Francisco treat. What it a is silly. <laughs> I know it's just a silly catchphrase. It's funny when you say it out loud. Um Yeah, I also just want to begin my section by quoting my favorite line from your poem, which is waiting for my soul to come forth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, which I jotted down as you were reading that. Okay, so Rice aroni, there's like an insane, an insanely well tracked history of rice aroni. I don't really know why. I guess because it's so popular. Um, but you know, a lot of like foods that came out in the olden times, there's not really a clear history of like who invented it or where it mm -hmm. came from. But this, not the case. <laughs> we know everything, everything there is to know. Um, so I got most of this from the old, ye old Wikipedia and, and NPR. It was a podcast episode so I couldn't figure out who actually did the reporting and I'm sorry um but back in 1890 an Italian immigrant named Domenico de Domenico <laughs> what a fucking lazy name uh, damn he, it's it's like you know son of my son or whatever sure sure um he moved to California and set up a fresh produce store and he was pretty good at that. And he found some lady, another Italian immigrant, to marry him. And her name was Maria Ferrigno. <laughs> uh-huh. Mother no Lou Ferrigno. No relation. Um, and her family back in Italy had a pasta factory. Maybe even, I wrote here, a spaghetti factory. <laughs> I'm losing it. Um, she <laughs> was... Uh, she was like, hey husband you need to have a pasta factory in san francisco and he was like okay um and then they had a bunch of kids they had pasky they had vince they had tom they had Preppertoni. <laughs> that sounds like somebody didn't know how to spell pepperoni no wikipedia spells everything right <laughs> um so the kids all worked for the business and Different ones had different sort of hands in the changes that took place. So Paskey, the son Paskey, he changed the name of the company to the Golden Grain Macaroni Company. Then Tom's wife, this is the most important part. Tom's wife got a rice pilaf recipe from an Armenian immigrant named Mrs. Pilazzo Captanian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Pilazzo. Um, the... And she would just make it for the family. So she basically, I, um, she married 
her husband when she was 18 and she was pregnant and lonely. So the neighbor next door was an Armenian woman. And so she like gave her, she basically taught her how to cook. Oh, wow. Um, so this um, rice pilaf recipe is literally macaroni and rice mixed together. Um, and they, she just started making it for the family and they really liked it. And then one day Vince, a different brother, was like, we need to put this in a store. And so he like invented rice aroni by adding powdered soup mix to the rice and macaroni. Whoa! Um, yeah. And it actually was, they wanted to compete with box macaroni. It was like, you know, at the beginning of when convenience foods were starting to become more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody ate rice back then because it was like 1958. So everyone was like, what? Rice? And they're like, we're just going to put a little macaroni in there. <laughs> nobody ate powder. rice? <clears throat> um, well, not like people that were eating in their suburban homes. They weren't packing their faces full of rice like they are today. It wasn't a commonly dinner, it wasn't a commonly prepared dinner staple. Oh, so interesting. Um, I mean, I'm sure it was for non-white people. Right, right. Whites <laughs> had no no interest in, in rice. And then they made white rice, and they were like, this is perfect for us. <laughs> yeah. And then they, it, you know, it went on to become the insanely famous, and everyone loved it, and they got a big clap on the back. And for some reason, there's so much information about this, and it's so important that they also have an oral history of the invention recorded at the Bancroft Library at UC Berkeley. So there's wow. also another article. The NPR episode actually goes deeper into the, the life of the woman who invented the original rice pilaf recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone is interested in finding out more information about rice aroni. Wow. I love, I loved rice aroni. When my parents got divorced, um, my dad lived in this tiny, like little one bedroom studio and it was uncomfortable. You know, I'm like, cool, this is weird. But he would make rice aroni all the time. And it was actually the highlight of every visit. Um, yeah, I love it too. I love that <clears throat> prepared rice stuff. That's good. It's fast. Me too. It's delicious. Very, you know seasoned um and since i didn't really have i didn't feel like going into too much detail with rice roni i also decided to add on another great rice food mat called rice krispies i can't wait to hear the made-up names that are in the origin story of rice krispies well keep your pants on because there's a lot of them <laughs> That's, you, that's hilarious that you think I've worn pants at all. <laughs> put, put some pants on. Um, why, why bother? It's just another trip to the laundromat. <laughs> oh, man. Lord help us. I just hand wash everything. Who cares? Um, so, Rice <clears throat> Krispies was invented and patented by Kellogg, so we don't have to go through any long, meandering story about how they stole it from someone. Um they invented something called oven popping, which is what puffs up the rice, essentially. Um, they originally claimed, it's around 1927, I think that this came out. They originally claimed that Rice Krispies did not get mushy even after two hours in milk, which has not been my uh, experience. Yeah, <laughs> that is <Just>. malarkey. <laughs> two hours? Oh. <laughs> That's crazy. That's like the, um, in Christmas Vacation, how like <clears throat> Chevy Chase is working on like a a Nutra cereal varnish. So, like, the cereal doesn't get... Anyway, it's my favorite movie. No big deal. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> it is exactly like that it is, scene. It's just like that. It's just uh, like Christmas I, vacation. I see you 
and I affirm your experience. Thank Does you. Does anyone else mention uh, movies that have cereal in them? <laughs> <laughs> or rice, or rice. <coughs> or Chevy um, Chase. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to the fun part, the scandal. The scandal. Ooh. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's not even that scandalous, though, because nobody cares. Um, well, it's like a, it's a rice scandal, so it's incredibly bland. <laughs> <laughs> and it does get mushy in milk, goddammit. That's uh, the thing. How long do we think rice crispy treats... Wait, what, what do we call this? I'm no, sorry. What was just, rice, just rice krispies. Oh, sorry. I can't undo the treat from my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not uh, a treat. It's a chore. It's I know. A chore. Rice <laughs> yeah, Krispie chores. I mean, like, how many minutes do we think they last in milk? Like, three not minutes. Not that long. No. Not, I, like, more, more on the order than of two than two hours. That's like, yeah. come on. Yeah. No. They were, I ate them bullshit. a lot as a child, and they were always mushy by the time I got to the end, which is how I learned to eat so fast. I don't want this to take forever, so I'm going to serve you something that gets objectively bad in like three minutes. You, the longer you ate, the more punished you are. Also, I was like, yeah. finish your cereal household, so I definitely like was like, I got to get this over with, or I'm going to have to deal with this mushy situation for hours. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, you guys. Okay. Let's get serious. We're talking about scandal. Um, <laughs> in 2010, the Federal Trade Commission, they were like, Kellogg's, you were making unsubstantiated and misleading health claims about your fucking Rice Krispies. They said that they were, they said that Rice Krispies support your child's immunity. And also, they've now improved the cereal with antioxidants and nutrients that your family needs to stay healthy. So neither one of those things is true. <laughs> And then right before that happened, they found that they had to bust them again because they said that frosted mini wheats improved kids' attentiveness by twenty percent. <laughs> what a random claim! <laughs> They're like, yeah, feed your kid a ton of sugar, and they'll be more attentive for twenty it's minutes. Like, it's the same general principle as Adderall. You sort of get them extra hyped up, and it, it levels them off. So it's like right. frosted mini. That feels fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, well, the Federal Trade Commission said it was not allowable, but whatever you say, man. Um, oh, do you trust the government? There's a new <laughs> sheriff in town. <laughs> it's mad. Um, okay, now on to my favorite part, which is Rice Krispies of the past. These oh. are Rice Krispies that have been discontinued. Um, there was Rice Krispies with marshmallows Ooh. and also Tropical Rice Krispies with marshmallows. Well, get out of here. <laughs> Um, which ended in the 90s. I don't feel like I ever saw this, but I don't know for sure. Hmm. No? You guys? I've never seen them. I can't wait for them to make it swing back into Vogue. Well, I feel like Lucky Charms really has quartered the market there, though, right? And then nobody else really can keep up with them. Yeah, I can't see that making a comeback. Tropical There's also uh, Strawberry Rice Krispies in 83, and then they made a comeback in 97, but they're no longer with us. (laughs) (laughs) There's also Razzle Dazzle Rice Krispies from 97 to 99. They were all the colors of the rainbow. Hmm. Um, Which those should come back for pride. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Also, I feel like I saw those Razzle Dazzle Rice Krispies, but I might also just be thinking of the um, The the Flintstones. (laughs) (laughs) What's the Fruity Pebbles? 
That's what I think. Uh, of. Uh-huh. I could be thinking of, which I loved as a child. Um, Apple cinnamon rice krispies also what? ended in the early nineties. There were some berry krispies, just simply berry, not strawberry. Get out of here. A multi berry, I guess. Uh, there's no date for when those ended, so it's possible they're still around. I doubt it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> the honey rice krispies <clears throat> were a thing, and then. There were Halloween Rice Krispies, and it was they're... spooky. <laughs> they were just <laughs> orange, though, so they weren't very spooky. <laughs> oh wow! What I'm what hearing happened? from you is that Rice Krispies tried to move on to the territory of like every yeah. other cereal. Yeah, like honey rice, honey rice failed. Krispies is like sugar smacks, basically, right? Like puffed wheat or, with honey. Yeah, or like yeah. honey nut Cheerios, and then like the one of them was definitely. Um, uh, is it Fruit Loops? This Apple Cinnamon one? Who is that? Oh yeah, they did. They Apple, Jacks. Apple Cinnamon. <clears throat> uh, Apple, Apple, Apple Jacks. Apple Jacks. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yo, Ooh, Apple Jacks are the best fucking cereal there is. That is yeah. I, correct. That, put that on my yeah. grave. Those the are show's mad over. The show's over. <laughs> and <laughs> goodbye. Those are, those also, are mad good. <laughs> pretty sure those are made with rice. Good. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, Mic drop. Okay. And sure. finally, in 1939, a Kellogg's employee named Mildred Day made a recipe for the Campfire Girls bake sale, and it was a Rice Krispie treat. And the recipe's been the same ever since. She just came up with it, and it's lasted for 1,000 years. They're delicious, and I recently made them for the first time this year, and I thought they were much more difficult, and they're very easy and very they're good. They're easy. <laughs> I think one of the things I first learned how to make as a teen yeah, they're great. I think I had to like bake them. I was like, this seems like too much work, but they're, they're delicious. <laughs> I'm a fucking professional chef. I'm like, nah, Rice Krispies are too much work. Um, amazing, riveting content, riveting Thank content. You. I know. Uh, I'm, I was I'm, on the edge of my own seat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually literally sitting on the edge of my seat, but that's just because my butt is actually sticking to the seat because I'm so sweaty. Um, should okay. we take a break? A breakaroo? Come back yeah. with some more, yes. uh, some rice. Great. Okay, bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by the Michigan Cherry Committee. A cherry isn't just a cherry. When it comes to tart cherries, the wonderfully U.S.-grown Montmorency tart cherry variety is the cherry with more. They're available year-round, dried, frozen, canned, juice, and concentrate. U.S. Montmorency tart cherries are also one of America's superfruit, which means they're good for you. Tart cherries contain many antioxidants and beneficial phytonutrients, including anthocyanins, the pigments that give tart cherries their beautiful red color. And don't forget about flavor. U.S. Montmorency's unique sour-sweet profile makes them an excellent addition to yogurt, oatmeal, salads, trail mix, and of course, a classic cherry pie. Learn more about the wonderfully U.S.-grown Montmorency tart cherry at ChooseCherries.com. And we're back! With more rice. (laughs) Just because I couldn't get more interesting. We're back with Condoleezza Rice. (laughs) <laughs> that, would be, that would be such a weird turn for this second half. We have don't. like a policy discussion with a person who has not been important on the national stage for like 15 years. Yeah, so we're back with arch conservative Condoleezza Rice. <clears throat> the presidential VP nomination goes to. <laughs> yeah, not unsurprisingly, Condoleezza Rice. 
Um, okay, so I want to talk about rice, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> more specifically. Yes. I found an interest in talking about rice being thrown at weddings. Now, I think we need to mention that this topic came to us not because we were looking through our pantries because we've been inside for 58 weeks, but because our friend Becky McNeil and the two of us were taking a distanced walk together the other day and drinking wine on the street, and we asked Becky to give us a topic, and Becky said, how about rice? And we're like, great topic, (laughs) Becky. Thanks for nothing. Like, don't, you don't get any royalties for this episode. Thank you for the idea. And if you knew Becky and loved her as we do, the fact that she suggested rice would come as no surprise. <laughs> I was surprised. You were? I thought she was joking. But she... Oh, no, she was like, I'm interested in rice. So anyway, I immediately thought for some reason that I was interested in rice being thrown at weddings because I thought it would have this like really long, crazy, sordid history. And turns out it's very boring and very short. <laughs> And it's a bad idea, but not for what the reasons we're told it's a bad idea. So I got all my information today from Mental Floss article by Matt Sonic and from a random real estate website called KipuriEstates.com. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, uh, okay. Why, you ask? Because they seem to care a lot about birds. <clears throat> so, the tradition of throwing rice at weddings dates back, as most things do, to the ancient Romans and Egyptians. And I guess the idea was to give fertility and luck and abundance because rice was such like a means of sustenance. So like, here, you'll have lots of rice in your life if we throw it at you after you've been married. Um, the Egyptians, the Hebrews, um, they all did this, but they did it sometimes with wheat and oats and corn because they were all different. Whatever crop was most prevalent was the one they were throwing. Um, and then during the Tudor era in England, they switched it to throwing shoes at people, <laughs> which seems very opulent and painful. Yeah, leave, wrong. leave it to Queen Elizabeth the first to make this kind of uh, rash decision. She's a nut. Yeah, she's like, oh, shoes, fuck the rice. Um, and then in tribal cultures, it was believed that rice brought the couple together in matrimony and that it would provide prosperity and keep bad spirits away from the bride and groom. Then we're going to go ahead and move to Italy, medieval Italy, and the different weird things they used to throw. So they threw rice, but they apparently they love throwing things at each other, um, and they do it during weddings, processions, carnivals, parades, and they they originally started throwing sugared sweet almonds called. Can anyone guess what these sugary sweet almonds might have been called? Jordan almonds. Confetti. Oh. <laughs> confetti a confetti <clears throat> um, sounds like an ant problem a con- you have a confetti in your house I <laughs> go get them a dog um, now I'm Borat so anyway medieval era in medieval Milan um, they would also throw mud pellets eggs <laughs> and other things at spectators and it's hard to get so dangerous that this in, in 1597 the Milan's governor Juan Fernandez placed a ban on eggs and Italy just took a break from throwing things at ceremonies altogether for like 300 seems, years. Yeah, seems good. Yeah, they just weren't allowed to. There was like, and then a Milanese businessman named Enrico Mangali began selling paper confetti because it was like a byproduct of he was like a silk maker, and so there was all this like random paper discs that would come off of the silk, I guess, from the process, and so we had all this random like bits of paper. So he was like, oh, let's throw it when people get married. So they still 
throw confetti a lot. It's very big in Italy, confetti in general, but definitely at weddings. Jeez, but we're talking that about. Seems like it's bad for the earth. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, Italians. Am I right, ladies? So, <clears throat> what I also want to talk about is the myth. Yes, that's right. I'm going to underline the word myth that rice kills birds. And so, a lot of the reason why <laughs> rice has been depopularized. I'm furious. Big. I work for Big Rice, and I'm here to say that rice doesn't kill birds in a major way. <clears throat> See, I'm a poet. It, it kills them in a minor way. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the reason, like many venues, and it's just been largely like eradicated in our in our culture to throw rice at weddings, and it's been said it's because it it kills birds, and. Um, that's something I believe too. My parents even have some story about like throwing rice at birds and trying to get their stomachs to blow up when they were like teenagers. And I was like, okay, um, I'm going to tell that on the podcast and let everybody know what murderers you guys are. But, um, it it, was cool in the seventies to kill birds. It's the first sign of being a serial killer, but whatever. So, um, concern for wildlife in the 1980s were so, was so crazy. And this like theory, this, you know, conspiracy theory, I'm going to call it about rice killing birds was so intense in 1985 may schmidl who is a republican congresswoman brought upon an act called an act quote this is the name of the act an act prohibiting the use of uncooked rice at nuptial affairs act wow very wordy and it was was trying to quickly generate that acronym but i actually have no idea what that it's a a p u u r n a Simple to remember. Oh yeah, yeah. ah, Purna. <laughs> simple... so, so people were start. Why did people start saying that rice was bad, though? I don't understand. People had it in them in their minds that rice was because it was uncooked that a bird would eat it and it would expand in their stomachs. However, something that researchers proved in I don't know why it took till the eighties for somebody to take a look. Actually, to the two thousands for someone to really take a good look at this, but. <clears throat> It's pretty easy to think that rice doesn't like cook unless it's at like a certain temperature, which is like in the 200s. And that's certainly much higher than a, the temperature of a bird's stomach. Right. So, also, if we eat uncooked rice, it doesn't blow well, up in our stomach. <clears throat> right. But that's because we're, we have bigger stomachs. So I guess the thought is that since a bird is so bird tiny. Is small. Okay. This right. is crazy. It, it's I can't crazy. I believe this. I know. Because so, if you really just put two seconds of thought into it, you realize how insane it is. So May Schmidl went on went so far to claim that several ministers had told her that after weddings they performed, they saw multiple birds keeling over from being poisoned. <laughs> That's the funniest image I can possibly imagine. A little bird eating a grain of rice and then going, oh, grabbing its belly with its little wings, going, oh, I don't feel so good. <laughs> and then dying. <laughs> Just flopping over. So anyway, um, in fact, many types of waterfowl, shorebirds, and migratory birds depend on flooded rice fields to maintain their fat throughout the winter. Um, there's a bird called the bobolink. Has anyone ever heard of a bobolink? Sounds, oh. like a, sounds like a large cat, but it's really just a small American songbird. And it eats enough rice that it is considered a pest by farmers, and it has earned itself the name rice bird. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know. So, in 2002, a biology professor named James Koopa uh, decided to carry out a series of tests to see if there's any credibility to the myth. As they've already mentioned, there was not. They soaked the rice in water to see how much it would expand, and they discovered that the volume of the rice soaked in water only increased by 33%. But check this out. 
Bird seed soaked in water increases 40%. So there's no, there's no truth to this whatsoever. So they tested it on fake birds, which they made. This all sounds like insane. And then they gave it, for some reason, this man had 60 live pigeons in his, in his house. So they, they tested it on them. fake birds? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> they made That's... fake birds. What? <laughs> what does that? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I couldn't find any more stomach? about that. <laughs> they made fake birds. This is what this class did. I mean, actually, it sounds like it could be potentially enlightening. I'm not sure. Then this man had over 60 pigeons at his house, so they just gave him only rice. And not, quote, not one single bird showed any signs of discomfort. There certainly weren't any exploding birds. So, um, that's uh, that about rice and birds. It's fine. Do we know what signs of discomfort are in a bird? <laughs> I already told you, it grabs its wings. Yeah, ex <laughs> explosion. Yeah. It's either they're fine or they've exploded and exploded into bits. In a different, there's a different universe where that experiment went horribly awry. <laughs> all of his birds started exploding in his home. And he was like, oh shit, this was a horrible idea. It's like the 4th of July up in there. Um, oh rice, however, can be very hazardous to the guests at your wedding because it's slippery and you can slip and fall and a lot of people are wearing heels or like you know flat whatever like loafers and rice is slippery so don't throw it um there are also other dangerous god damn it these cheering people outside i can't hear anything um just kidding uh rice can be hazardous to guess oh so there are other dangerous rice alternatives in 2008 two texas women were badly injured while they were trying to light Sour Laboratory sparklers. And then I went off and, on a tangent and read a lot about that, but I can't get into that. There's a lot of injuries. Don't light sparklers at your wedding. And um, <laughs> then another guest uh, in Russia, apparently threw, in Chechnya, threw a hand grenade in the crowd and during dozens of people. That was what she threw when the couple got married. So those are obviously worse than rice, but rice is pretty bad. I think she must have had some animosity towards them. I don't know. I couldn't really find any more information about it, but my, my interests are slightly peaked. So that's uh, that's what I have to say about rice. Okay, Stay away from just, it. <laughs> I feel like we should just stop throwing shit at weddings anyway. Like, what's that old saying about the parks department? Like, leave it like you found it or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're just throwing a bunch of all kinds of shit and people have to clean it up. I mean, a lot of wedding venues have, like, a no-throwing-anything policy. Like, you can't bring... This is pretty obvious. Okay, so like you move from the up until the late seventies. It's not like really wedding venues. There are churches, right? Right. And you put up with whatever the thing is, and then the tradition. All of a sudden, you're moving over in the eighties to like places that people have paid for as wedding venues, and they're mm. like, "Huh, you know what would make our lives easier if people didn't throw shit everywhere?" So right. they're like, "You know what? Hey, the birds explode." Oh, yeah. <laughs> And all of a sudden, people are not throwing things at weddings anymore, and they don't have to clean it up. That's but an amazing they conclusion they just switched to birdseed, though. People, when I was younger, people were throwing birdseed instead, which is oh still a fucking God. mess everywhere. Can you imagine you pay, like, $50,000 for a wedding to get a bunch of fucking birdseed thrown in your hair? No, thank you. I'm good. Um, first of all, I've never, when I was a child, no one I knew had $50,000, certainly not to spend on a wedding, so they were... Sure, sure, sure. Okay, I feel you. They're like, we spent $100 this wedding put whatever you want in our hair yeah okay that's fine that's fair um question for both of you um for well maybe we'll just do top three this week what are your guys top three favorite rice preparations <laughs> <laughs> 
steamed, boiled, or burned. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, sushi rice. Yeah, that's good. Sushi's uh, good. I like a crispy rice. Mm. Um, and I like a wasabi rice rice cracker, man. That, that's good shit. Oh yeah, that's good eating. That's eating good in the neighborhood. Yes. Matt? Uh, uh, I like risotto because I want my rice to take like exponentially more work <laughs> than it has to. Um, I like uh, cauliflower rice because I like rice that's not rice. Oh, and, um, Potato I rice. Don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think I, of I, one I, more I, rice. Come I, on. I can't think of one more rice. I, I mean, you know, I don't know. Rice is nice. Oh, okay. So just a, a rice poem. Uh, keeping in the theme with the poetry. I, I like rice-based poetry. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was so inspired by, you know, Leo. <laughs> um, okay. I like <clears throat> pork fried rice, like from like just any kind of corner Chinese restaurant. That is one of my very favorite things in life. Delicious. Peas, eggs, the whole nine. Um, I love arancini. A rice ball. Oh, yeah. Hooked oh. into my veins. That's some good rice. Um, I love kanji, which is just a rice porridge. And I'm going to throw one more thing in there because I don't give a shit. Um, I like rice rolls and big, thick, chewy rice noodles. What's a rice roll? A rice roll is like kind of like a rice flour, like very thin pancake or noodle that's been kind of like like steamed and then rolled up and then it gets either filled around some kind of meat or vegetable or sometimes oh. they're just rolled up and they have well, like peanut sauce. Well, if we can say anything, then I'm going to say mochi because I love that. But does that have rice? Yeah, it's made out of rice. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can say anything you want. No one's listening. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's right. I'm just going to press the delete button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, this is, the ep- this is the very special episode that Seal's probably listening to. Oh yeah, Matt. Yesterday I was like looking seal, at my Instagram seal, post. Like, seal, seal, like yeah, yeah, rose seal? exactly. Yeah. Yesterday I was looking at an Instagram story that I had posted, and I actually, shut up. Hi, Seal. I love you. What up, <laughs> Sealy, Sealy, um, celiac. Seal is celiac. He only eats rice. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I was looking at my Instagram story, and I normally don't even look and see who looked at my Instagram story, but like sure, I you happen. Don't. No, I really don't. I mean, it's sometimes mm. I do, but it's not something I do religiously. And um, I did it yesterday. I was like, oh, let me just browse through this. And uh, I was like, seal? And I was like certain that it was obviously like a fake seal. But I looked and it was the real seal. <laughs> real deal seal. Holyfield. And then I made a great joke where I was like, Zara, he's going to give you a kiss from his rose. Yeah, that was a great joke. <laughs> that's, that's his penis. Seal? Oh, yes. That's a good one. Seal has a rose-shaped penis for anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> including Seal. That's the only way that this song makes sense. <laughs> yes, it is true. I have a funny story about Seal, actually. So I went to go see Seal in concert um, against my will several years ago. I had been really? invited. I would have well, loved to see Seal. I, I did end up loving. It wasn't really against my will. Preston um, invited me, Preston's boyfriend. And at the last minute, he had actually checked. I was like, sure, it was in the Beacon Theater. And I don't really smoke a lot of weed, but we got, like, really high before we went. We had a couple martinis, and Bretton and I look at each other. We're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, it was so fun. <laughs> and then I go to the bathroom, and there's, like, a long line, and there's a woman I notice as I'm 
going into the stall who's washing her hands and she's talking to the bathroom attendant. She's definitely a mega fan. She's older. She's wearing a SEAL t-shirt. She's got like a SEAL hat on. But I didn't really pay much attention. And I'm listening in the background. She's like, oh, yeah, I've gone to every one of his shows. I I've, have every one of his albums. And as I come out, her face turns very different. And then she goes to the bathroom attendant. But what has he ever done for me? <gasps> And I'm so high that I'm like, oh, God, Seal's in trouble. So I run back to my seat. I'm like, Bretton, this is what just happened in the bathroom. I think that we, Seal needs to be worried. You know, this woman crazed. So we shortly forgot about it. And then um, there's this other woman in the in the front row who was maybe in, like, her 50s. And she was clearly, like, another huge Seal fan. But, like, very Upper East Side, like, rich lady, like, whatever. And she's, like, tr- taking pictures and filming them. And Seal decides to come down into the audience. And he's like, you know, as he's coming down the steps, he is right next to this woman and he like looks to her left and he like, you know, caresses the cheek of the woman uh, uh, like across from her. And it looks like he's going to turn to her and instead of turning her and caressing her cheek or singing into her face, he puts his hand on her head to steady himself as he walks off the stage (laughs) (laughs) and squishes her face. And it's like projected on the big screen so like everyone can see it he just uses her head as like a stand and uh, walks right by her oh seal that's very dehumanizing you big jerk <laughs> it's rude it's rude she was probably so psyched though she got home and she's like seal touched me I know, seal she... dna is on my hair <laughs> yeah yuck yeah, she went straight. She went straight to the cloning booth. She was just like, whatever, whatever is on my face right now, I want you to make a baby of it. The cloning booth. I like to think of that as being like a real thing. That's amazing. Yeah, right next to the the photo booth. You yeah. also go in there and clone your dogs like Martha Zira did. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, this was a fun episode, Matt. What a pl- what an absolute pleasure. Yeah great to hear you i'm every week i'm just sitting around waiting hoping that you'll call me (laughs) to come record with you and every week i just stare at my phone and i feel i'm like that woman at the seal concert (laughs) (laughs) and then we call you with our problems and i see the the episode has gone up and it's like you've smushed your hand in my face every time every time but this week was different this week was different this week i felt great this week you made the cut. That was really, really funny. Um, what a what a joy, what a delight. Um, all right, well, thanks for listening, and um, I guess hasta la pasta, hasta la rice pasta, hasta la rice aroni. Oh shit! Bye, everybody. <laughs> bye Don't bye. die. Okay, bye. Life's banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.